the Bible, God's book, God's book that cuts through the inflation of human nonsense to give us good free gifts. Human beings are the only ones with the capacity to understand the free gifts that God has given us. But sadly, human beings are the only ones who can be so ignorant as to ignore them. So let's understand these free gifts in Genesis chapter 1, the very first chapter of the Bible. Come on in. God's free gift. Being. to the biblical channel. Always glad somebody's here to listen in because talking about God's words is the absolute best thing we can do to wring the chamois of life and get the most out of it. No matter who reads the Bible, if you read the Bible right, you will get more out of being a spouse, a, a parent, a, a co-worker, a neighbor, just a downright good person. People who read the Bible, in my experience, and take it seriously, are the best people on the planet. I'm biased, but I know, but, but I think that's why we should read the Bible. But we got to make sure we read it well, otherwise it can get a little weird out there. And we all know that there are some who don't read it very well and make it weird, and maybe that's turned us off. Well, here at the Biblical Channel, we're trying to get you back in touch with reading your Bible so that you have some fun with it and have fun in life and you understand what God's after here and... Uh, Take a chill pill, if you know what I mean. At the Biblical Channel, we love to read the Bible. Um, and we are in Genesis chapter 1. And uh, we are going to read it selectively and encourage you to read it completely over and over and over and over again to get the feel, the vibe, and the ebb and the flow. Hey, at the Biblical Channel, do know that we are on the Apple Podcast. We're also on the, um, what do you call it? The Spotify that's right, we're on the Spotify. So you could download these episodes and listen to them in a car. You won't get to see my ugly mug, but that's okay. If you like what's going on here at the Biblical Channel, please share it, like it, you know, do it all, do all those social media things that you can do. But hey, if you just want to use it to make yourself sound smarter um, at a party or something like that in front of your friends, we're cool with that too. Steal it all you want. We just want people talking about God. That's that's our goal. Anyhow, and I'm very thankful to uh, Mr. Jerome, who, who does all the putting together of these videos and um, puts up with my nonsense. Anyhow, here's our, our passage. Um, very similar to uh, the abbreviated reading we did the last time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form of void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And then you get this repeating refrain. And that's the most important thing to get. And God said, let it be. And it was so. God saw that it was good. And then you get down to uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We'll focus on this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over all the livestock and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God said, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. 
like I said, and God said, let it be. God saw that it was good, even very good. God's a giver, and he's given us some free gifts for our brains. So anyhow, uh, let's dive in. Uh, before we do that, we always ought to do our side of the bargain, that is to pray, to actually speak with God, and no better way to speak with God than the way the Lord Jesus taught us how to speak with God, and that is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come. I think I got those backwards. Anyhow, God doesn't mind. He's cool with that. Um, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our neighbors uh, as we Forgive us our sins as we forgive our neighbors and those around us. Uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that is the rub. God is delivering us from evil. He's waking us up. And we're going to talk just about that. Amen. Anyhow, the whole topic today is uh, coming out of Genesis. And coming out of Genesis, we have to notice that God's free gift, extraordinaire, the one that should catch our attention the most is the gift of simply being. Our existence, our ontology, if you like to be a you know, bit of a chin scratcher and say the fancy word, ontological, that means to study our being, to actually have thoughts about our being and our existence, you know, that kind of stuff. We should be absolutely astonished at our own existence. Yeah. If we're not, well, there's a problem. Well, and if we're not, it's probably something related to today's generation of fun suckers. I, I got to get a t-shirt that says no fun suckers. <laughs> we got to put the fun suckers in the back. The fun suckers have way too much control over the audio waves that we pay way too much attention to. The fun suckers want no philosophies out there. The fun suckers want no worldviews, no meta-narratives, no metaphysics, no theologies, just matter plus chance, enjoy what you can, don't think, don't ask questions, straight up matrix kind of stuff. Everybody seems to be shrugging, if you ask me. This is a buddy of mine's company called Shrugging, Shrugged Enterprises. And if you ever read the book Atlas Shrugged, well, it's a good book, and it's not really related to what we're talking about, other than I like the word shrugging, because it seems like everybody around is just shrugging. And when we're just shrugging, you know, that means we're just saying, I don't know, I don't care. But, but, the fun suckers need to know there is a glitch in the matrix, there is a glitch in the matrix for the fun suckers and their hopes for us to have no philosophy, no worldview, no meta narrative, you know, no metaphysics, no theology, you know, all of that stuff. And 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 that 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 glitch in the matrix comes out in 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 my mind in that good old Neil Diamond song. You know, you know the one, Neil Diamond, man, he's good. I am I said that's what the name of the song is. I am, I said. I love that song. I recommend you give it a tumble, have it a listen. Uh, anyhow, I am, I said. It's it's the kind of song that's just about your being. It, you know, I am, and I say things, and I'm a being, which when I think of Neil Diamond's song, I think of that famous philosopher. Maybe you've taken a little philosophy course. Always cracked me up in college that all my buddies went into philosophy course, and uh, they came out saying, 
God is dead. There's no God. And I thought, wow, one course, and uh, you're brilliant like that. Anyhow, there was a famous philosopher named Rene Descartes, and he had this fun little phrase. He said, I think, therefore I am. And that's what reminds me of the Neil Diamond song. And it reminds me of just our being, our existence, our ontology, or ontol on yeah, ontology. I said it right. I struggle as a redneck to get my pronunciations correct sometimes. Anyhow, cognito ergo sum is the fancy Latin way of saying what Rene Descartes was saying, and that is, I think, therefore, I am. It's an incredible thing to be a thinker. It's an incredible thing to be an exister, to have being, to have an ontology. So let's get physical as my old heartthrob. Olivia Newton-John, man, I would have given up everything in life just to be close to that lady. Man, she grabbed my heart back in the 80s. But let's get physical. No, no, no. Let's change the name of her song to Let's Get Metaphysical. You know what I'm saying? Let's get metaphysical, metaphysical, everybody. Well, I'm not doing justice to the song. But anyhow, Genesis chapter 1 is the red pill. Genesis chapter 1 is seriously the red pill for the modern age. It's the red pill to wake us up from the fun-sucking environment that's around us that has us shrugging. It makes the fun-suckers red in the face. That's why we're going to call it the red pill, because it makes the fun-suckers red in the face. Red in the face means anger. Um, and we are critters. We are critters, no doubt. But we are critters who can actually reflect on our own existence. And so it is absolutely amazing when critters who can reflect on their own existence just don't reflect on their own existence. You know, the meaning of life, etc., etc. Thinking that I am some sort of primordial slime plus time, it just doesn't get it for me. Being some sort of cosmic accident of matter that just doesn't fit my experience of life and i doubt that that fits your experience of life too if you feel like that fits your experience of life then you are stuck in the fun sucking matrix man you need to start thinking and being i think therefore i am i am i said says neil diamond and you ought to say it too Think about our own existence. Think about our ontology. Right. So my, ex my, my experience is meaningful. That's what experience is for me. I'm always looking for meaning. And the people that I see and meet up with and talk with, I see they have the same experience too. They're looking for meaning. They're looking for answers. Um, we should not be satisfied with, you know, having no answers. We should be looking for the best answers that fit our experience of life. Purpose is huge for us. I've got the huge desire to live forever as well. And I think everybody I meet has this huge desire to live forever. Reminds me of that Billy Joe Shaver song. Um, I'm going to live forever. I'm going to cross that river. We ought to be singing that song all the time. I want to live forever. I'm going to live. We shouldn't say I want to live forever. I'm going to live forever. And we ought to find the narrative. We ought to find the metaphysics, um, the set of words, the, you know, being stuff that fits that experience of wanting to live forever. 
So that's what we're trying to get into. And that's what Genesis 1 is going to do. It's going to open our eyes. It's going to give us that red pill to uh, you know, set aside all the fun suckers and, and to start thinking differently. So experience though, you know, I talked about experience and the way that I experience life is, is looking for meaning and looking for purpose. And I see that that's most people's experience too. And they also want to live forever. I've never showed up at a funeral and somebody like Porky Pig said, but that's all folks, who cares, right? Nobody says that. We all kind of long for this uh, forever existence. Good thing, Bible talks about that a lot. Not the subject of our talk right here, but experience though is kind of a funny thing if we think about it. On the one hand, I feel like, you know, my experience of life is that everything is kind of standing still. When I think about the planet, I feel like everything is pretty still. It's pretty calm, except for the wind, you know, um, and the rain and, you know, the weather kind of stuff. But, you know, when I wake up, you know, everything seems to be standing still. I then move about the place. That's the way I feel, you know, about the places that, you know, my experience is that everything else is standing still and I'm the one who is moving and then other people are doing the same thing. But what I'm getting at here is, is it only seems like the sun and the stars and the moon are, are the ones that are kind of moving. That's my experience. I know it's not right. I'm just saying that my experience, follow with me, don't get off track. Uh, I'm just saying that my experience is that the sun and the moon and stars seem to creep at a very slow pace. They seem to move. I don't feel like I move but they're creeping around on a regular basis. The sun, the stars, and the moon, they are creeping around so regular and, and so, you know, so slowly and slow, so regularly that I can set a clock by it and, and, and I can write an almanac about it. And, and it's just pretty, pretty predictable, if you know what I mean. Have you lost touch with that? That every day, every night is so predictable, we can write almanacs about it. It has this sense where, you know, everything's standing still and we can predict when the sun rises and when the moon rises. And, and, and we recently had the, uh, the biggest lunar eclipse, uh, in 500 years. We knew it was coming and we, you know, because, because everything's so predictable. Think about the terror of existing. If it wasn't so, if life wasn't predictable like this, if the sun rising and the moon rising and the sun setting and the moon setting, if it wasn't predictable like that, think about how terrorizing life would be. You know, let's say, you know, the, the sun only came up once, well, who, whenever it felt like it, right? But just whenever we could, no predictability, just kind of chaotic, you know, sometimes it come up, sometimes go down. And I know you're saying, Billy, you, you haven't been to a science class. Well, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. Because some fun sucker, you know, is yelling at me from their bumper sticker, you know, telling me that I need to believe the science and telling you, you need to believe the science. Well, I do believe the science. I, I, I don't remember anybody that I've ever met denying the science. And, and, and just ease up for a second. Quit yelling at me from your bumper sticker. And, and let's just think about that. Let's think about my high school science class. Now, my high school science class was run by a, a number of, you know, kind of funny teachers. Um, but anyhow, 
what I gathered from my high school science classes is that it takes 24 years for me to jump on it. If I was going to jump on a jet plane, and I know this is not possible, but the sun is so far away that if I jumped on a jet plane traveling 600 mile an hour, it would take me 24 years to get to the sun. Man, that's big. That That's an incredible thought to just think about. The moon itself is like 300,000 miles away from us. Human beings have been to the moon, but it's still, it's 300,000 miles away from it. It seems like it's just up there, if you know what I mean. Well, and, 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 and beyond that, the earth itself, it spins at a thousand miles per hour. So it's not standing still. The earth is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. Doesn't that blow your mind? It should. Uh, how about this? The earth is orbiting around the sun at a speed of 67,000 miles per hour. That just blows my mind. We need to think about this stuff because it's, it's mind blowing. But when we think about it, it kind of brings us to that terror of existence place. Like this is freaky. It's freaky that I feel like I'm standing still, but I'm spinning. I'm actually spinning at a thousand miles an hour and I'm traveling. I'm traveling across this universe at 67,000 miles an hour. If these facts don't create some sort of a little bit of terror in your own existence, well, then you're just in the matrix of the fun suckers. You need to open your eyes and, and, and have a think about all of this. There's nothing funny about the, the speed that we're traveling at. You know, it seems like it ought to kill us. And anyhow, but our, our being, our being is simply an astonishing an astonishing thing if we just 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 think about the basics that we were taught in high school so yeah i'm a believer in science but my belief in science it wells up in me if i actually you know look at the facts it wells up in me the desire for something metaphysical if you're following something big something whew, something that explains wow What's going on here? So then another fun sucker comes along and screams again from another bumper sticker saying, science is real. I want to know who's making these bumps, bumper stickers. So I, I went to the Church of Scientology because I thought maybe it was them. You know, Church of Scientology must be them making all these bumper stickers. Believe in science. Science is real. Well, I checked in with the Church of Scientology. It ain't them. They're not making it. I know who's making them. It's the fun suckers. That's who's making them. Let's think about our college level science classes. Okay. So out of high school, let's take us to a more, you know, educated approach, you know, a, a bigger, you know, set of thinkers, you know, scratching their chins and telling us all about science. Once again, I don't find myself disbelieving much or anything of what they are saying. But they talk about life and they talk about biology and they talk about what it requires to actually produce life on earth like we experience it. And the fact is, is that it gets even more terrorizing to think about these thoughts. 
physical qualities of a, a, of a strong nuclear force constant that are needed, gravitational force constants that are needed, expansion rates of the universe, um, and the average distance between the stars and the precision of values and the physical qualities of Earth as it relates to the sun and the moon. Woo! Real scientists, you know, and I'm talking about those guys who died in the wool big bangers, you know, big bangers they are, like Roger Penrose and um, uh, Stephen Weinberg and Michael Turner. I mean, these are big brain oriented people. Um, they are writing the, the leading papers on all of this stuff. And they are so impressed with the Big Bang. Okay. So impressed with the Big Bang. I am too, by the way. But they are so impressed with the Big Bang. They say things like this. They say life as we know it would be impossible without any one of several physical qualities if they had just a slightly different value, meaning if, if all of these constants that are necessary just had a little bit of a different value, life as we knew it goes away. Or they say things like this, the precision of the Big Bang producing life is like throwing a dart the whole way across all of the universes and hitting a bullseye that's one millimeter big. That's how they talk about their, how impressed they are with how precise the Big Bang, you know, actually was in generating life as we know it. This is college level classes. So, you know, science is real. I'm all about it. Yeah, science is real. But do we realize how close to chaos? Seriously, think about it. If you go to college level classes, even, you know, the big bangers and those who are very impressed with the big banger, you know, like I am, those who actually know what they're talking about, though, not just some idiot like myself. Do we realize how close to chaos we actually are? If we think about how close to chaos we actually are, once again, this is terrorizing our existence. If we get out of the matrix is absolutely terrorizing. Do we care? That is the question. Do we care? That is the question. Fun suckers make it hard to care. I got to admit, because they're always wagging their finger and telling you, you know, it doesn't seem like you can ever say something right to the fun suckers. I got a funny story of a, a fun sucker that I ran into. He's a big banger. He was actually a principal of a, a, of a school. He's retired now and he knows I'm a Christian and he likes to get under, you know, try to get under my skin. He never gets under my skin, but he thinks he can get under my skin. Anyhow, he brought up the big bang and I, I yeah, big bang. Um, and I said this to him, I, I said, Hey, the big bang is a theory, you know, and oh my gosh, you want to talk about getting red in the face. You would have thought that, uh, well, you would have thought that I crucified Jesus again, but of course he doesn't believe in Jesus, but that's okay. You would have thought it was a really big deal. I said, Hey, ease up my man. Ease up. I, I, I actually, I'm with you. Big bang. I, I'm cool with that. And, and he's like, Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I, you know, and I said, I said, isn't it possible that we could agree on the big bang? I just think that God might've used the big bang in order to bring the world into existence as we know it. Oh my, you would have thought that I just called his mother some sort of disparaging name. Redder in the face he got. But see, that's what I'm talking about. The fun suckers just cannot have normal conversations. 
they cannot, you know, somehow allow for something like God to enter into their ideas. And I say that is just not possible. I mean, because something very, very big has to be understood. And then there's the gang that says no intelligence allowed. There's a whole documentary called no intelligence allowed by Ben Stein. You need to, you need to watch that. It's old. Um, but these people yell, these fun suckers yell and scream, no intelligence allowed because they're so afraid of people talking about the big bang as an actual action of God. They will readily say, guys like Richard Dawkins, the premier evolutionary biologist in the world, you know, or at least he used to be, um, and he, he, hates, he hates anybody that reads the Bible, but he says aliens are okay to believe in, and that's probably very plausible. God? No way. <laughs> okay. Just sounds like a fun sucker to me. Here's my take. I'm a simple man. I'm reflecting on my being. I'm reflecting on my existence. I'm reflecting on my ontology. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, basically says sapiens were made in the image of God. Male and female, they were made in the image of God. Now, we must have been made in the image of God because it takes God-sized bollocks in the words of Mary Poppins, God-sized bollocks to stare at these terrorizing facts of science and to shrug and say, it's no big deal. And I'm going to go on my merry way and not think about my own existence. That's what I'm saying. Human beings have real audacity. We are like house guests who love the house, but we don't want to meet the owner. We want to spend time in the owner's house, but we don't want to meet the owner. That's kind of how human sapiens are, man. Sapiens can be embarrassingly audacious critters. Yeah, human beings are a bit on the sad side because of our fun-sucking qualities. Hubris and pride are, are simply the constants of the human tragic story. The universe has all of these magnificent constants that are necessary to produce life on earth. But the one constant in the human dilemma, the human drama is, is pride and hubris. And it, and it prevents us from being enamored about the place that we live in and to think about God in a loving way. Only humans. <laughs> no, I read a book by a guy named Noah. He read, the title of his book is called Sapiens, and I recommend it to everybody. And he's one of these really bright science guys. And he's actually got a good sense of humor. And he actually proposed that sapiens, sapiens were not evolutionary wise. They were not the next in line after the Neanderthals. He proposes that sapiens and Neanderthals actually coexisted. And he proposes that the sapiens... And the word sapiens means wise, by the way. Uh, so sapiens with their wisdom, Neanderthals without their wisdom, simply could not compete. And the sapiens killed off all the uh, ne Neanderthals. That's his theory. Now, it's kind of funny because those who are really, really serious about evolution get really mad at him for suggesting that the sapiens didn't come after the Neanderthals. But I'll tell you what, just from an experience level, Sapiens can be pretty damaging. Yeah, especially the fun-sucking crowd. They can be pretty damaging. And that kind of fits my experience. It doesn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me at all if if Neanderthals 
without the wisdom. And, and sapiens, with all the wisdom, in their wisdom, just wiped out the Neanderthals. Anyhow, that's in thought for another day. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, though, definitely the kind of thing that should wake us up, shake us up, and get us thinking in a good manner. It's all about the image of God. The power of God given to us to be his number two on earth. Let's just hear those words again. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I love that. Every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Don't forget whatever it means to be male and female comes from God. So there's an equality there that the Bible makes clear from the very first chapter. But what's really clear is we are made in such a way to rule this place. We are put at the top of the food chain in order to rule over it, but we're not to rule over it on our own. We're supposed to rule over it under God. That's the Bible's chief proposition. But it's pretty cool to hear God telling us that the very thing that makes us different in, in the place that we live is the fact that we've been made to be God's number two. We are made to have a lot of power. We are made to use our power for goodness like God does from the very beginning. When God makes things, he looks back and he says, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's what comes. That's, that's the refrain of Genesis 1. And so the fact is, is we use our God-given power to do something really weird, to deny our creator back to that, you know, we like the house, you know, but we don't want the, we don't want to meet the owner of the house, whether you're trailer trash, kind of like I was growing up or whether you're the intelligentsia with all kinds of PhDs, human beings do the same thing. We do the same thing. We, we deny the one who made the place. We think it's clever. We think it's clever to shrug off the fact that we are zipping around uh, this universe at 67,000 miles an hour while we're spinning at a thousand miles an hour blows my mind. You know, do you ever think about that uh, Mr. Toad's wild ride that, you know, about makes everybody throw up, <laughs> but that's nothing. You know, it spins and it rotates, you know, nothing compared to what, what is going on um, with the planet that we live on. Genesis chapter one, plain and simple is God's red pill to wake you up to sober you up, to, to get you out of the fun-sucking matrix. Genesis 1 makes it very clear that you live in a world that God had made by his goodness, and it is good. So that means that we are okay with enjoying this place. He wants us to enjoy the place, but he also wants, to enjoy, wants us to enjoy the owner of the place, the one who actually made everything, including us. Yeah, yeah, the place that you're staying in is, is, has, has an owner that's really good. And, and Genesis chapter 1 is telling us just that, that your being, that your existence, your ontological self, depending on your level of education and how you want to express that, is actually God's gift, God's gift, man. Your being is God's gift, and that's super cool. Don't shrug that off. We'll catch you next time.